Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Working on the front lines during a pandemic means risking your health every day. But what happens when it's not just your health you might affect? What if contacting COVID-19 means dire consequence for someone you love? Debbie, a registered nurse and outbreak shelter manager, works double time on the front lines and goes home to her immunocompromised husband, Tyler, and their two kids. This means extra vigilance when coming home, leading to some comical displays of acrobatics and stealth. Hi, I'm Natasha Callis from the TV show Nurses. You're listening to Notes from the Frontline, a podcast telling personal stories from the heart of the pandemic. On today's episode, we meet husband and wife Debbie and Tyler from Toronto. They share how nurse Debbie, on the daily, must enter their home to protect the family. But it's not as straightforward as it seems. My first shift during the pandemic, uh, we had to plan because of the risk of bringing COVID into the house and landing Tyler in the hospital. So how would Deb walk in the door and not risk transferring COVID to me? So as a, as a nurse and the, the person that I am, I'm a planner. And so I came up with a plan um, that involved getting naked in the backyard. <laughs> Some predicaments is that we have a basement tenant that can go into the backyard. And <laughs> to get the next move after she got naked would be to jump into the shower but of course she couldn't touch any door handles she couldn't touch anything door handles shower handles anything so we had it all set up so i came home uh from my shift on my bike which is safer than public transit and i jumped off my bike dropped everything into a garbage bag and noticed that the back door had been left open so i immediately thought that we had been broken into (laughs) But then I remembered that we had a plan for me to beeline it to the shower. So I immediately got naked and threw my shoes as well in the bag. And I started running through the kitchen, and both my kids came running at me. And all I heard was, don't touch your mother! (laughs) Uh, The shower was already on, running really hot, and I immediately showered my entire body in... uh, no, I used water and I used soap and I washed my hair and I washed everything um, and I stayed there for a very long time. And burned the clothes, right? <laughs> burned the scrubs? No, the, the rats got the clothes. <laughs> we have rats in our backyard. No, I did eventually open that bag, I think it was two weeks later, um, and washed everything in hot water. I forgot about it for a while. And I don't have COVID-19. Neither do I or our children. So the plan works. <laughs> Nudity. 
Hi, my name is Debbie and I'm a registered nurse at Toronto Public Health and St. Joseph's Hospital. My name is Tyler and I'm a content writer and uh, I am immunocompromised. So last night, or yesterday, I worked at St. Joe's, and um, it's become so routine now um, that our tenant knows about it. Like he just gets a quick text. Uh, my kids know about it. Like my well, yesterday my daughter slammed the door in my face. Um, oh, you're home! Slam. But normally they leave the door open. They get out of the way so I can beeline it to the shower. The shower's always running and hot, and I'm in there for like I swear half an hour. Uh, the six-year-old um, gets it more than the three-year-old. But they understand there's a virus and they understand the virus can live on things. And they understand when I come home, uh, I could have it. And so they just understand that, yeah, they have to stay away from me. Um, and I don't know if they get it. And like, they'll bring up randomly, the virus is still around and yeah. <laughs> we would shake our heads. <laughs> just as a, like the first time we did it, it was very much like a why, lots of questions. Why are we doing this? Why is this happening? Whereas last night everybody's like, mom's coming home. Okay, we gotta do this. <laughs> Make sure that, okay, the shower's on daddy. Okay, let, you know, so like it's much more routine. And there's a, there's a collection of like uh, grocery bags now that she just pulls one from the- We have like a bag, like bags upon bags in the backyard and I just pull them out, tie it up. And today, cause I'm off, it's my day off. So I am sort of working like everybody. Um, I did start a laundry, so no rats got my clothes this time. Oh, well, not that I thought. They did sit through the night out there. <laughs> For me, uh, as an immunocompromised person, I stopped working at the office right away. And about a week leading up to uh, any sort of shutdown, I was begging HR uh, to work from home. And we have a very flexible work from home policy, which was nice. Um, and as a writer, it's mainly I just have to, my, my output is writing and so focus is important. So I was able to sort of uh, manage that and being in a working for a tech company, it allows uh, working from home to be a possibility, which was nice to get, you know, off the subways and uh, the the little anecdote looking back on it on things as we reflect upon it is that typically in March I'm almost always admitted to hospital <laughs> for like last year was pneumonia but it's it's always it's always something and uh, this was the first March that I wasn't admitted so <laughs> I managed to avoid a, another hospital admittance by just staying at home and then Debbie does all our uh, like our I mean, online grocery shopping, and so she'll do the, I don't really leave the house unless it's for like a walk on my own most of the time. Uh, for me, um, I work in two different places. So with public health, uh, we were told we'd be redeployed uh, and we were all sent home. So every day I waited and I did eventually get an email and uh, was redeployed at first into an office but thankfully they have moved us home. The technology was outdated with public <laughs> health, but they caught up very quickly. And I am doing that work at home. I am a outbreak shelter manager. So all the outbreaks in the shelters come through me and I'm learning on, on the job. My other job um, is the more stressful job. I go into St. Joseph's Hospital. I'm thankful I'm in the NICU, which is a very protected unit, um, locked 
and we have a very strict visiting policy, which is quite sad because um, they're little sick babies and they need their parents. So that's that's been challenging. It changes all the time. First, we didn't have masks, and then we had two masks to shift, and now I just went yesterday, and we got three masks for the shift, and lots of hand sanitizer, uh, lots of protective equipment. So there's always anxiety there, but when I'm protected, uh, I feel confident that um, I won't be bringing anything home. So um, yeah, I just feel like my heart rate's high all the time, because every day is uh, a question mark. It's, uh, I guess the frustrating part is, um, so the reason I'm immunocompromised is a kidney transplant. And so I'm trying to, you know, sorry. And you're also in remission. Oh, and I'm in remission because of the kidney transplant. So I have a number of other factors. And so one of the things is like to stay healthy and, um, you know, obviously drink lots of water and, but exercise is one. And so exercise becomes uh, pretty difficult. And so we have, you know, we bought light weights and things like that and, you know, uh, stretch bands and things like that. But even still, I wish that um, there was an option for uh, to keep healthy, you know, without without the risk of contact from others. Um, at the beginning, I was uh, more anxious and I remember I'd get really emotional before going in and then. Uh, I, I worried more, um, but Tyler would always tell me that he trusted me to come home and uh, protect the family. And we have a backup plan if for some reason there was a issue of me being like, I think I might have been compromised. So now I just, it's more like a routine and um, I feel confident coming home. And again, I would call if and say like, I'm not coming home, <laughs> I have to go. Like we have, my parents have a house and they uh, they also have another property so I could just go there. So I feel like, because we have this backup plan, um, I'm okay. But I always worry, and, you know, Tyler's, he's not really sick. If he got it, we're pretty certain he would end up in an ICU, I mean, you know, you don't know, but I worry a lot. And so I have days where I, I cry and I worry about the future, but then Tyler had cancer for like a whole year and I we just remembered it's day by day right day by day and so that's sort of how I conquer it now too it's day by day I can't think about if he got it or you know if I brought it home let's just tackle the day and make sure I can keep everybody safe and if I can't back up then I think I, I better understand what a hospital visit would look like I had like you know all kinds of tubes coming in every which I had a brain biopsy, I had um, a bone marrow biopsy, which was horrific. I had spinal taps. I was in and out of hospital all the time. And so I know about hospital admissions and what it's like. I actually have like a follow-up uh, appointment coming up. So I have to go into a hospital. And I, I told my coordinator that I don't want to go in because, you know, of COVID. And she just said, it's it's very quiet at the hospital. There's every all the rules and precautions are being followed this is at like uh toronto general but um yeah all the precautions are in place everybody like there's hand sanitizer everywhere and like all like the contactless doors and and stuff like that so she said you i should feel safe and comfortable uh which was really nice to know and i think i just just with the amount of <laughs> hospital experience i have um i think it 
I know what I would be in for and I know what to look out for and so I know how to not go in too. I went into nursing because my dad was sick when I was little and I was in the hospital and I was like, that's a cool job. And so I did that just because I like to help people. I ne like I never even, pandemic never crossed my mind. And I, I worked it through H1N1, which was completely different from this. Like people lined up for the vaccine, like close together, right? Like this is totally different. I was a student during SARS, so I can't really explain that experience. But no, I never thought that. And even getting into public health, like I did hospital work for a very long time only. And then I now split my time. Um, but I was like, yeah, public health, health promotion, and um, you know how to stay healthy. Never ever thought, oh, if there's a pandemic, I'll be involved in that. <laughs> like never. <laughs> because there's, we're both sort of like the kids are here, and um, you know we're often both here. It's for the most part we look forward to time with just the two of us, <laughs> and uh, so we have like a a wine Wednesday now, but our, uh, our wine Wednesday led to a not so good <laughs> Thursday last week, but we still look upon it fondly because it was, it, it was just sort of like good to just reconnect and laugh about, about things for sure. You know, there's only so many puzzles and train tracks and yeah. coloring. And <laughs> when we all do have a day off together, um, we usually get in the car and find like a remote trail yeah. and just walk. And uh, our trunk is full of rocks <laughs> and sticks and leaves and pine cones. And we never unload it. Like we're like, yeah, we'll do artwork with it or we'll like do something nice with it. And it's full. <laughs> it's her collection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> story. We hope your dedication inspires many to be diligent about protection and safety during this pandemic. In fact, Debbie mentioned how personal protection equipment is saving lives. If you want to support the distribution of PPE to hospitals all over Canada, donate to the Frontline Fund. Visit frontlinefund.ca. And in support of those who are immunocompromised like Tyler, who has Alport syndrome, visit the Kidney Foundation of Canada at kidney.ca. Thanks for listening to Notes from the Frontline. We have more stories from nurses, doctors, and volunteers coming up on this season of the podcast, but we're always looking for more. If you or someone you know has a powerful, personal story about or related to a frontline worker, go to our website at entertainmentonepodcast.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating and leave us a review. Or share this story with someone who might appreciate it. This episode was produced by Adrian Mahajarin, Kimberly Hakuman, and Allison Bruff. Once again, I'm Natasha Callis. Notes from the Frontline is brought to you by Entertainment One with the support of Global TV, the cast of the TV show Nurses, and ICF Films. If you're in Canada, stream Season 1 of Nurses now on the Global TV app. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.